there are certain truths that um, people who have done horrible things can never face yes. or fess up to. Yes. And we see this later on with Annabella at the end. She never really... Uh, she never really recognizes Joshua. Yes. She just is like, no, you're a ghost. You're, and who knows? She's probably been haunted by the ghost of Joshua this whole time. Yes. And just like, but she just clearly will not she admit that she did anything wrong. Yeah. Uh, otherwise she'd be like, Oh, Joshua's alive. Oh my gosh. I did everything to help you. Instead. She knows how awful she's been. And she, yeah, she can't even when he's back, she's just like, no, no, you died. You died. Mm-hmm. You died. You can't be here. Cause if you're alive, that means I'm a bad person. <laughs> Yes. So you can't be yes. alive. <laughs> yes. It means right. I'm a bad mother. Yes. Yeah. And that's the, it means the, that's I abandoned the part my child. she's not, she doesn't want to admit she or accept this. She will never admit yeah. her own shadow. She will never admit any yes. of this. Yeah, it's really yes. Yes. Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name's Kason. This is our Final Fantasy 16 analysis. We left off with Clive and Jill and... Goots, Goots. <laughs> yep. getting into the Crystalline Dominion after their little uh, trader's pass got stolen, um, and they had to go get that recovered and help some kids. And now we have some scenes to cover that we had skipped because we were running out of time going back into the Empire, and we will be leading all the way up into the fight against Bahamut. That's the plan for today's episode yeah. for what we're going to cover. So we cut to the Imperial capital here. Yep. Uh, Dion is meeting with his father, Annabella, and Olivier. Olivier has been made the emperor of San Brecno. Yes. He was pissed when he heard this. <laughs> and uh, what a crazy thing for an emperor to do is while he is still alive, yeah. being like, hey, this young, young child. Like, you only have a child emperor. It's happened in the yeah, past. you know. But usually when, only when it, the emperor dies. Exactly. It's like <laughs> they don't choose that. They, didn't, yeah. they don't want a 10-year-old to run the, <laughs> the, the whole empire. It's just that's the only eligible heir and everybody else died. Yeah. So for this to be purposefully done, especially the way Olivier acts, mm-hmm. he's just like looking at this flower. He's completely absent. He has no, I don't want to say he has no idea what's going on because- turns out he does talk until the he, very he say end as soon as yes. the, the ends are fulfilled all of a sudden yeah. he just wakes up he's and like he's, oh by the oh, way yeah, i'm actually yeah. totally lucid and very <laughs> and very aware very intentional about everything uh but seems completely absent and it's like what's going on with the the emperor and uh, dion is of course noticing this too and is mm-hmm. like something's wrong like yeah. what are you guys doing this makes no sense right yeah the empire the emperor says we need the empire we rule needs young blood yeah and yeah, that's like the stupidest. <laughs> like, how young are we talking? Okay, make a baby, your emperor. Then okay, like Dion is younger. I don't know. The emperor yeah. doesn't seem that old. I shall advise him until he comes of age, or for as long as I am able. The empire we seek to build needs young blood to rule it, and mm-hmm. I can think of none better suited to the task. And, and I mean, Dion's listening to this just like his brain is broken. Like what yeah. in the. Like, are this you is talking about absolute madness. This does not make any sense. No. This is crazy. And so th- this is where I think he accuses him of um, being influenced by Ultima. What does he say? Like, oh, he says, Father. Are these really your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of them is, Father, these are the words of a tyrant. Yeah, now, that, that too. Yeah. That come, does that come a little bit later? Yeah. So let's see. Let me get into the dialogue here. So, um, okay. Father, please, or for as long as I am able, we read that line. There's other news, Dion. Hugo Kupka is dead. Drake's fang destroyed. The pillars of the Republic have fallen. Ere long, the Imperial banner shall fly over every city in storm, and then Valisthea. All shall bow before their emperor. Father, these are the words of a tyrant. Yep. They are the words of a god. 
Yep. The emperor whom I glad, gladly serve. Great Grieger made flesh. So that's their See, belief. Yes. Which so was also... A, it was a common yeah. ancient idea, like Egypt and elsewhere. The it god was, would be born as the emperor. Yep. The yeah. king The king was kind of uh, the incarnate version of the body, or of the god. And that was at least in part why there was some idea of how the emperor was supposed to act. Uh, because people had the stories of the gods. And um, like, hey, you're not... You're not um, embodying the god properly. You're not being a very good king, a very good emperor. Right. Um, and so they were meant to embody him, like in a, in a, yeah. in a, I don't know, metaphysical. Yeah, sense. not not completely <laughs> literal sense. <laughs> it's more or less what I'm saying. Of course, they're taking it pretty literally here, and this is so interesting because it's like, okay, the emperor didn't say that he was the incarnate. He says that his son is the incarnate. Yeah. So. He gives the emperorship. That's a good point. To, but wasn't he also? If that's, that's a really how good point. If that's how it works, it wasn't he. Does, does the, he the soul been. of Grieger just like hop bodies? When, or did it skip? Did it skip? Did the emperor kind of like uh, get Elwin skipped over with uh, getting yeah. skipped with the blessing of the phoenix? Right, and then it's like, oh, he the Grieger blessed my son, not me. Okay, mm. um, I don't know about that's that. A good point. I but didn't even think about that. The belief is there. This is great Grieger made flesh. So these are the words, and this is so cool. What is this so cool? He says, these are the words of a tyrant, and then the answer is, these are the words of a god. This god, this oh, kid. I just I meaning, just realized it. I, oh, it just came together to me. Uh, it's, I don't think the emperor believed in the idea of the great Grigor being made flesh until, until Annabella came around. Oh, interesting. So this okay. is some, this is it's like, in that mural he's being him. reminded. He's, what does he say? He says specifically... Um, gosh, where was it? He says specifically, like, she helped remind me or helped me see the nature yes. of yes. tyrants and rulers or something right. like that. All right? things in their proper place. Okay, because this is where he says, Father, I find you much changed. Is this truly mm. the path that you wish to tread, or are these the ambitions of another, of Ultima, perhaps? And, he, and the emperor says, what nonsense is this? I speak my mind and my mind only. Right. Though I do owe Annabella thanks for reminding me of certain truths regarding the nature of nations, of rulers, and of the divine. Yeah. So, so that's I it. think. Uh, it's a, yeah, she he, reconnected him. She convinced him that Olivier is great, great, Grigor okay. made flesh, not, he didn't originally believe he was. Okay. And then I that, see. then it passed yeah, Olivier. Yeah, so you're right about that. He, he, his opinion is that, oh, I, I was off that I, I was off the path of Grigor. Right. And she brought me back to it and helped me realize that Olivier is Grigor made flesh. Right. I was never in the first place because I was not. That that makes more sense to me. <laughs> that it would be very difficult to convince somebody <laughs> like him that this kid is your God made flesh. Yes, uh, it's so funny though, though because um, Dion says that they're the words of a tyrant, but then the emperor, not kid emperor, the adult emperor, then says these are the words of a god, the emperor. The, so meaning that the kid told him this. Yeah. Right. So the kid talks to him. Yes. Right. Or and those are his words. Yes. A little Olivier's words. Yes. Is that what he's saying here? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, this kind of goes back even to what we were confused about, I think it was last episode, where they were all praising Olivier for having, like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, negotiated with, Sam, right. with, with the Republic. And, and like, we were all like, wait a minute, that didn't, didn't happen. It was all Annabella. But as we find out later, Olivier is perfectly capable of just like yes. turning on. We just haven't seen <laughs> flipping it Flipping the switch and being like, yeah, hey, yeah. I'm going to start talking like a normal human now. 
Uh, so maybe he does do that, and maybe he, that he has done that behind closed doors in so, a way Dion hasn't seen. When Olivier turns it on, he is quite convincing, <laughs> apparently. Yes. So, yeah, that's great. So uh, I just have to say this real quick. Mike, uh, I'm sorry if I get your name wrong here. Is it Payhel? Uh, did a mid-journey <laughs> freaking image. He did a travesty of, is what he did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of my face as Clive and Kaysen's face as Joshua. This is probably something we'll have to put on the screen for people to see because it's funny. (laughs) It's like a combination. It's like Mm. it's supposed to be combining Joshua's face with your face, which is what that looks like. But me, it just looks like me. Yeah, it's just you (laughs) put with the hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really look like Clive, but this is like an interesting mesh where it doesn't look like you, but it also doesn't necessarily, it's like the be- perfect balance between them. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, yeah. it's funny. I thought I'd give it acknowledgement. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. It's funny. Okay. Uh, so where were we at here? Um, oh, with, with Olivier's ability to turn on his robot yeah. voice and speak. And be <laughs> convincing somewhat. Yeah. So obviously that's, that's happening. Uh, yeah. I think maybe behind closed doors or yeah. whatever and he's got that flower and what's really cool is you end up seeing that shape of the flower later on in in a big way which was very surprising to me yeah. because i'm like what is up with these flowers man yes like when the emperor was sending dion out to battle the first time he kind of puts a flower in his armor i think he does something like that again he just keeps it's almost like a it's almost a way of reminding him what's important or of of showing dominance or putting a flower into his clothes is almost yes. uh it's almost a way of exerting his influence over him, yeah, right? Right. And then this kid's got this flower. He's just staring at it, right? Mm-hmm. Totally mesmerized by the flower. Um, so it's, the, it's like the the national symbol of Sam Breck, this yeah. flower, because it's it's called Drake's dragons something something to do with dragons tail or remember. something like that. That's what that flower is called. Yeah. And uh, so that's you know they're all dragon worshippers or whatever. Wyvern's so. tail. Wyvern's tail. Wyvern's tail. That's what it's called. So uh, anyway, what's cool in the scene is that, you know, the emperor's kind of like, all right, we're done talking now. It's time to go uh, have a meeting, uh, Olivier. And he's like, oh, those boring old men again. <laughs> and they're walking out and he, he drops the flower. Yeah. And as they're exiting. steps on it, right? Well, Annabella does. Oh, she steps on it. it which is, a, it's symbolic in the yes. scene, right? She's crushing yes. the empire. Under the her. current She's the empire. one, she's the yeah. influence that's destroying the empire so she, she wants purposefully to purposefully steps on it. yes on it's purpose. not like an accident she walked over it. yeah it's there on the ground she has a conversation with dion and she in basically implicating that yeah. she has basically made this all happen yes and then she purposefully steps on it now to remake the empire in her image later on yes yeah. let's go through yeah. the dialogue between her and dion real quick first because the, this is told in sort of an, a, a non-linear way. We like break away from this scene yeah, before that. it's over, and then we return to it, and then in, we like in the middle of his conversation with Joshua later, we come back to it again. Yeah, so yeah. I'm gonna try to like get through it in a linear way, okay. <laughs> so we like understand okay. what happened here. So they walk out. Uh, well, it no, was interesting because you already mentioned that. He already accused, or he already mentioned to his father, do you, is Ultima the one doing this? Right. 
well, Dion shouldn't know about Ultima, yeah. right? So this is this is this scene is taking place after Joshua and Dion had a little chat. Yes, that we were not privy to. We're yes. gonna find out what happened there later. Right. But clearly, Ultima was brought up in that talk. Right. And now Dion is aware of Ultima. Probably when oh. Joshua came to his tent. Remember yes. that scene where he yeah. walked in? It was yeah. like, am I am I addressing a ghost? It probably yeah. would have happened there. But there's actually even another scene in the Imperial Capital where they were talking. So they've been having multiple talks about yeah. this. Anyway, so Dion refers to her as a traitoress, that she betrayed her country, which was Rosaria. Yep. She slew her husband. Um, yeah. you, ha you have ever been an invaluable servant to Sambrek, Prince Dion, says Annabella. I trust you will continue to serve your emperor in the wars to come. That canker, you know, he starts losing his cool. Silence, you insolent wretch, says his father to him. You will bend the knee. All else is heresy. Sire, forgive me. So he submits in this moment. This audience is over. Come, your radiance. And that's when he takes Olivier away and he drops the flower. Hmm. Uh, so Annabella says, does it pain you that you will not inherit your father's throne? I've suffered worse. So he's not really that interested in that right. part of it. Yeah. He, he really is the noble... Yeah. You know, a person that Joshua remembered him being. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's, it sucks and he's upset about it, but right. like, that's not what he's really, truly upset about. He's really, he truly upset that his, his father yeah. is being manipulated by right. this traitoress who is yeah. trying, who had already betrayed some other country and is not trying to betray his and harm his people. Right. That's what he's at the core concerned about here. She says, count your blessings, Dion, for a base-born child to be chosen by Bahamut is miracle enough. You have risen on his wings, but you shall rise no higher, lest your impure blood stain the throne. What do you know of my blood? Now, this is where it cuts away, and we return to it later. But she's insinuating... That he's not... His mother was not... Yeah, the true mother. Was right. not the queen or empress... Hmm. Not of noble birth. Right. That he's some bastard child or something right. like this. Yeah. Now, they don't really get into this at any point, at least up to a, where I've played further past this. I don't know if they're going to, well, but it, but the way he responds seems to be that he knew this. This was a secret. Right, but nobody else knew. Yeah, yeah in How the did Empire. she figure out? Yeah. yeah, she found out that he was not born. Maybe he is, he is the son of the emperor, but he's not the son of an empress, of a noble woman. Mm, right. And so this was something that was kept secret from the country or whatever, hmm. right? So I need to skip down here a little bit. Oh, because this is the Because goots. we cut goots. away from Goots <laughs> and we already covered all that. Yeah, okay, we return to the, to the scene. Okay, never mind. We come back to a conversation with Dion and Joshua. Oh, yeah, that's it. In the Imperial Capital. I don't know how Joshua got in there. <laughs> I mean, I guess nobody expects he's alive. Everyone figures he's dead, so they wouldn't yeah. suspect some guy walking in there. And he's just like, I'm my friend's coming to visit. <laughs> mm. uh, you know, ignore him or whatever. Yeah. So I guess it's, that, you know, it's not really that big a deal. But they're talking. And I confess, when you first told me of this fiend, I had my doubts of Ultima. And the more... More than a few at that. A beast that labors to plunge Valisthea into turmoil, all in pursuit of your brother. But that wound is proof enough that evil is afoot. Uh, then I have your answer. I think Joshua saying, your highness, will you join me in this fight? Right. I cannot, not yet. And he basically says, I've so got to take care of 
what's going on here right. first. This yeah. is my responsibility. So he can't he can't let his the empire of his family, yeah. the empire of his people, um, fall into the hands of like a murderous like wretch who doesn't care about them. Yeah. Um, like he's really concerned about his people, I think. Yeah. And so that's why he is okay with being Bahamut in battle, even though he doesn't love the idea of killing your enemies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's he's like, okay, I'll do what I need. He will do his duty to protect his people. Um, and so protecting them now, Joshua would say, Hey, there's bigger stuff going on. Um, but Dion is saying like part of protecting my people is going to be getting rid of Annabella. Yes. And, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. His plan is crazy. Now you can, you can kind of sense it going on, Yes. but it's like, you don't know how far he's ready to go. Yes. You just think, okay, he's got to stick around and make sure Annabella or, this kid Olivier don't do anything too crazy, right? But yeah. it's like no, he's got he's got way bigger plans than that. Way bigger way plans. Bigger. A coup. He has a, a coup. coup in mind. So he really does. Yes. He was the the traitor that uh, yeah, Annabella it's, it's warned the, about. The, the self fulfilling <laughs> yeah, prophecy exactly. we talked about. It's like yeah. oh the freaking astrologers say the sign yes. is whatever. Right. But it's like if you didn't treat your son this way in the first place, he wouldn't have any reason. Right. To do a coup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if you would have just been normal, <laughs> not <laughs> made decisions based on this idea that he's going to betray you, yeah. then he wouldn't have betrayed you. So you are the one who made the prophecy, not him. Anyway, right, right. It's just the way prophecies work, which is cool. I'm not, I'm, that's not a it's, criticism. That's like, that's the way. It's, it's reading the patterns the of reality, work. the way that they actually yeah. exist, and then inferring what a future result will be because yes. of the pattern. And it's yes. like, it just means yes. that you're really good at seeing the landscape and determining, yes. I think this is what's going to happen. Right? Yes. Yeah. And like the fact that when you believe something to be true, you act in you a way work, that yeah. will actually fulfill right. that. Yeah, yeah. And it had you not believed that you would have acted in some different way and the result would have been different. Right. So it's, it's not anyway, I think people <laughs> know what I'm, what I'm getting. Yes. At yes. That. That's just the way prophecies work. But, uh, he's, he's Joshua. basically going to take his dragoons and take over the government. Yeah. He's like, all right, I can't stand for this anymore. So now we cut back to that. Well, there's scene. one line here too, Joshua. And this is interesting for stuff that's going to happen later. I don't think we're going to get to it today. Um, but Joshua mentions, uh, when talking to Dion, and Dion kind of lets him in um, on the whole situation with Annabella, uh, Joshua then says, well, then the fiend, the fiend then works from the shadows, is yes. what Joshua says. Right. But the concept of the shadow <laughs> that we talked about before, yep. um, Ultima influences the shadows. Anyways, that's yep. uh, that's probably all we're meant to take from that part. Yes. So we cut back. It's a memory. Dion's Once again, we see that flower. Yes. Though. Yeah, you're right. The camera just keeps showing that flower more and more. And I'm just like, Mm. what is going on here? You know, speaking about all that stuff about the moon, I mean, I'm... Yes. I'm up through the Odin fight. I'm still waiting what's, for what's the moon to have then, any relevance to this story. But if, if it doesn't, I'm going to be like gobsmacked. <laughs> like, it's that not possible that you show the moon that many times and yes. have not an effect on the story. But anyways, They're I don't... just I'm, like, hey, isn't the moon cool? Maybe it's in the last 10% of the story. It'll mm-hmm. finally have something <laughs> relevant to the story. But anyway, uh, we cut back to the scene with Dion and Annabella where we had yeah. been cut off before. I know that it is wholly unworthy of the highest offices of state, which rightly belong to those of purer breeding. Alas, your bloodline runs through Oriflam's gutter. From a whore who weighed her child's worth in gill. So she's alluding to something that, yeah. that, that he confirms is correct and that he knew. The emperor. But I wish I knew. 
Like yeah. the full context of this story? It sounds like the emperor purchased the child Almost. from the mother yeah. and then said the mother cannot have anything to do with the child. Or so or that like the mother used this as blackmail against the emperor. Mm, sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm going to tell everybody that you were yeah. with this horror, the gutter of Oriflem, right. unless you pay me and then I'll get out of your life and you can have your child kind of thing. Right. That's the only inference I can really gather from what's here. I wish yeah. I wish there was a scene. I don't even know where this would I'm not saying it should be inserted here. It would be the wrong place to do it. But uh, I, I, I'm hoping that... I, I just want to see more context. I'm just interested in Dion. Dion oh, is my too. favorite character. He's a very interesting character. Yeah, I like him a lot. <laughs> I like him a lot. Yeah. So I would really, really like to know more of his story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and his origins and like how he was brought up and became who he is. Right. Um, how he developed his values and how he, how he was born and the, yeah. the circumstances behind that. I just want to know more about him. Just because I like him I as a as that. a character, but uh, so have you threatened my father? His response there leads me to believe, okay, she's she's yeah. right, and he's known that all along. He's always known that. She says, "Of course not. I merely whispered in his ear that his mongrel son is plotting a rebellion." What? Sylvester mm -hmm. listens to the words of his astrologers, and they have ears too. So she told the astrologers yeah. to tell the emperor <laughs> yeah. that Dion was going. So she paid them off. Right. So she's doing exactly what Dion was saying. She's, she is betraying yep. the country yep. just as she did in, uh, in Rosario. You have been feeding them your lies. Should you remain loyal to Emperor Olivier, his radiance may yet crown your head with Laurel and not with Tar. So, Basically, uh, he gets all upset. You forked on witch, but he thinks better of it, doesn't attack her, steps back. And she says, in consideration of your long years of service to the Empire, I shall forgive this uncharacteristic rudeness. Now hurry and make ready, your Imperial Highness. Uh, Emperor Olivier expects much of you, Dion. Or should I say, Bahamut. This yeah, is all we care course, about, is yeah. the fact that you're Bahamut. May your fire reduce his enemies to ash, till all of Alistia bows to its rightful ruler. So she leaves and crushes the flower underfoot. Yes. As she goes. This is strange. This is something that uh, Mix in our Discord chat has brought up <laughs> earlier on. They are... Okay, so Annabella is perfectly aware that Bahamut is capable of reducing an entire nation to ash. We talked about this off camera last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. But this is the dumbest is thing of all time him for on. her to do. You don't threaten. <laughs> it's one on one. Just two people. You don't threaten somebody who is like a god. And you're just like, huh, you were born in a gutter. You suck. I hate you. And maybe if you're lucky, my son will make you some important position while he's the emperor. And it's like, hey, imagine, he, he can murder you. Like, Imagine like, the hubris. <laughs> imagine the level of hubris you must have to walk up to the most powerful person on you, earth. A, a literal dragon. A literal god. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and be like, fetch you gay. Like, you I'm better idiot. than you. And uh, you're impure. Like, you're dirty. The, the, it, it is bafflingly stupid. Yes. To the point to where I, I, y this has got to be Ultima influencing her somehow. I would think so too. Now, yes. the game, to the point that I have played, does not really explain how because mm -hmm. she's dead at the end of this sequence. Yes. And they kind of just move on from that character. Right. She seems to be operating under her own will. We're talking she about seems wills, to, yeah. right? She just but is a horrible we, person. We have that line from Byron earlier where he said, 
she it's has not her changed anymore. to this level that is just she's not the same woman. Yeah, anymore. a monster now sits on the throne. Yeah, right. So, Ultima is somehow mm. influencing Annabella because what Ultima wants is for Bahamut to lose his cool, of go course. crazy, and to test Mythos, yes, the vessel. Of course. Yep. But it makes no sense if if if, if Ultima does not have some significant level of control over Annabella. Mm. It does, makes no sense for Annabella's motivations, for what she's after, for her to act this way. Yeah. It is she's absurdly smart. stupid. She's cunning. She's calculated. She she has like weaseled her way into these high places through being intelligent and carrying herself a certain way and not making enemies out of extremely powerful people. Yes. For her to do this shows a level of of stupidity that um, doesn't make that is unbecoming for her character yeah. the way that she's written up to this point yeah. you don't become like the 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 duchess and then after that the become empress. the empress <laughs> because you don't know like how to treat people who are more powerful than you yeah. like clearly i don't know i would say that this is probably ultimate doing it has to be yeah. it has to be i just wish uh, it was a little bit more explained yeah. what level of influence Ultima has over her and mm -hmm. how that is happening. Yeah. Like, he's, I, I don't think it's like clear mind control in the sense of something like Final Fantasy IV where characters are just yes. completely fetching mind control and they're yeah, not even yeah. under, they have no control of what they're doing. I don't think it's that. But it's mm. got to be something stronger than just some sort of subtle influence. Because yeah. there is no way... <laughs> That if she wants Olivier to be emperor and she and she wants Dion to do what they want, that she would treat him like this. Right. This this is this is being done to piss him off yes. to the point of losing it, yeah. so that Bahamut can wreck the city. That reading and test makes mythos. perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. It's the only thing that could make sense. It's the only thing. So I guess it's right because if all other possibilities, however unlikely, the one that remains must be true. Okay. Um, assuming we exhausted all possibilities, I, which yeah. we, I don't think we did, but that would be nice Possibly to not. get a little um, read in from that. But of course, going back to Joshua's line that the fiend works from the shadows, yes. right? <laughs> now you say it's probably not a subtle influence on, on her. I think that's probably that's true. What, that's However, what it seems to be, but how? <laughs> I don't know. Dude. How? I don't know. How is it working? <laughs> oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to keep going. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah, the, what she's doing is incredibly stupid, but it is what Ultima wants. So yeah. from that point of view, it's like that clearly Ultima is influencing all this. Um, yep. so this is, and we cut back to the room where Joshua is. Joshua leaves. Yeah. Uh, he says, basically after I have taken care of this stuff then in I'm the home front, you, you yeah. have my full attention. Like, right. I'm all with you on fighting this Ultima person, but yeah. right now, like Annabelle's got to go. And Olivier's got to go. Like it's right. it's it's got to happen. And, and he's right. He is right. He's right that 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 can become world destroying if he lets those two yeah. continue. Well, I mean, he he literally is fighting Ultima yeah. by fighting Annabelle That's right, and Olivier. Yeah. So I mean, he's just doing it in sort of the immediate local need for that, right? So he's talking to Terence. He's like, uh, "Tell me for real, like." Am I, do you think what I'm doing? Yeah. Is right? Who will you obey when <laughs> when it comes down to it? Who will you obey, yeah. me or the emperor? Yeah. And it's like you. We it's going to be you. So the dragoons. Yeah. Are first. Their first loyalty is to their commander. Yeah. Not even to so, the emperor. 
So the emperor yeah. does not overrule the dragoons. That's very their commander does, yeah. which is a very strange. Yeah, way who to set it set up, up that way? I, I don't think any emperor would want that. No, that's no. no. <laughs> maybe it was hmm. some way of balancing power. You know, like I maybe, I, but then whoever controls the dragoons will eventually control the empire. But they don't control the army. It's just the dragoons, just which the are dragoons. like the elite, yeah. sort of like smaller force. Right. The, so it's like. I, I feel like it may have been, there, there could be a way to explain this to where yeah. it's a way of balancing the power between the emperor, the, what do they call them, the counselor dudes, the high, <laughs> the high yeah, whatever, uh, you know, so that it's no one entity hmm. can do essentially what the emperor is trying to do right yeah. now, which is just ruin the whole thing. Ruin everything. Somebody could step in in the place of a mad king and be like, okay, we're not going to let you hurt the people by making these stupid decisions well, very wise yeah. if that was set up that way ahead of time um i just wonder i wonder i mean it's the only thing that makes sense to me <laughs> because if, if it's a total uh, uh chocolate robbie saying the dragoons obey bahamut not a commander or emperor right so the, it's the, 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 it's, the command it's the icon in particular i would assume that in this society I, that's a thank you for the correction i would assume in this society that yeah. bahamut is always the commander of the dragon. because they worship the dragon not worship they they revere the dragon like, yes so much so that it's yes. like hey you're the emperor you're cool and all but he's the dragon yes and dragons are like the uh mascot of our society yes. so we're with this guy but i would assume and, and it, maybe it's in the atl and i'm wrong about this but i would assume that bahamut is always the the dragon commander I mean, I whoever Bahamut is, is that guy. Yeah. And maybe that's passed in the royal family the same way it is in Rosaria. Hmm. Uh, it, they, it always kind of stays in the same family. And so it always seems to be the prince or whatever. Yeah. Or emperor. I guess that's true. Does the, is the emperor ever Bahamut in this oh, society? Oh, yeah. Well, in that case. It would have been Dion. Yeah, yeah. At some point. So then he would be emperor and, and the, the commander of the Dragons. Ooh, that or would he have passed that, that? You know what? That would have given him unusually... An unusual amount of power. Yes. Dion would have been more powerful than the emperor in that sense, politically, yes. given that he would then have the command of the secret guard as well as, as, well as the, the whole empire. empire. Um, interesting. Yeah, I wonder. We're getting in the weeds. Because it, it's lineage through the empire, so yeah. I'm sure that happened, or the getting emperor, so I'm sure that happens a lot. In the weeds in a way that's probably not necessary, but <laughs> yeah, maybe not. it's interesting to think about. Uh, I wonder how this works. Um, okay, so <coughs> Gosh. the next so, thing we see is... The city's on fire. I mean, yeah. Jill and Clive and Goots have gotten in there and they're kind yeah. of staying in an inn or whatever. And then just people start panicking and Bahamut is just just destroying everything. The little potion girl's there. <laughs> yep, she is. She's freaking out. Everyone's scared. But yeah, Bahamut is just losing it. Kind of the way Phoenix was at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Just kind of flying around and just breaking things. Uh, we got Tough Ham here saying the Emperor isn't always Bahamut. The ATL states that Sylvester won his throne only when Dion awoke to Bahamut. So somebody else had the throne before Sylvester, so he didn't inherit it. Mm, I see. So there's not a lineage, a loyal family lineage. It's ah, like so it, Bahamut it just, just follows the dragon. Interesting. That's actually really interesting. Now we go back In to that, the whole conversation with about the woman Dion and the the prostitute. Yes, was was maybe the emperor's not the father either? This is just creating more questions. This is not <laughs> clarifying anything to me. That's crazy. Okay, okay. Well, I, I, you know, I'm sure sometime it'll anyway get resolved. There there may be an ATL on that that we haven't read yet. So there's the, I've at the of, end of the I've game, kind of we are going to have to go through so many misconceptions at the end of this game. Oh, like, hey, this wasn't right. This probably isn't it either. I don't know about this. They didn't explain this. They did explain this, oh, and we got man. it wrong. 
I'm sure that's going to happen. Um, for all you lore heads out there, right? Ooh, lore heads. We've, we've said kind of over and over again on this podcast <sighs> yeah. that like lore is not really the point. <laughs> not really. We're here for theme. Yeah. We're here for philosophy. We're here for, you know, kind of the underpinning message of story, the thing. Yeah, what yeah, is I'm, this story really about? The way information's presented. Um, so I'm not really like a big lore dude. I, I think it's interesting, but to me, it's yeah, it's yeah. It, its purpose is to make a world feel convincing and believable. Mm. It's not like the point of consuming the product to me. So I was really mm. good about keeping up on every ATL entry until a certain point. I want to say probably <laughs> around the time we were leading up to Titan, the Titan fight, where mm. there was just so much. I was just like, dude, this is going to take two hours to read like i don't have yeah. that kind of time i gotta freaking make progress in the game i got a podcast i have to prepare for like right. but that's part of it is reading it and there's just not enough time so anyway there's probably a lot of stuff in the atl that i don't know yeah, because i have, I have literally not been looking at it for probably the last 12 or 14 I'll tell you what, hours at the end time. of i'll read through all of them at the end of the game and just get everything and then uh then we'll we'll have a an ATL an ATL episode addendum to the podcast. That's actually a good idea. We should just have is. an ATL final episode or something like where that. Where we just go through all the all the the A and the T and the L. <laughs> <laughs> all the L. There's so much All L the in L. This we game. need a lot of there's a lot of L to catch up on. <laughs> Way too much. But anyway, um we'll kind of return to some of these points and clarify them once we yeah. read for what is available to be clarified. Sometimes the ATL's kind of been disappointing to me where I've had a certain question. Mm. I've gone to the ATL specifically to look for an answer to that question oh, and it's yeah. not really there. Right. And it's like the one time yeah, where yeah. I <laughs> needed that thing, that tool to work, it didn't work. Hmm. So then I ignore it even more and it created more of a problem. But, uh, yeah, Bahamut's going berserk here. He is, and the moon is almost half moon. It's still a bit of a crescent, yeah. and I'm bringing it up in hopes that it's relevant <laughs> at some point in the future. <laughs> but uh, almost, almost half, but a slightly crescent moon. That's what's happening. And then yeah. the chapter title is called Fire in the Sky, which I took, sounds like a phoenix. I took a really cool um, screenshot for Twitter. Yeah. Uh, where I, I framed, because it's when Clive gets on the rooftops. Yeah, and yeah, you can that's see pretty cool. The crystal. You can see the spires yeah. of the like the the buildings, I saw this and then you can see the moon. And I framed there it all go. like in between the characters. It was a freaking nice. dope shot. Nice. Uh, I really like that feature, by the way, where you can just pause the game and then and just yeah, like go orient your camera and take cool pictures and stuff. Yeah, free, free, free freaking yeah. cool. All games should have that. They should. You can they make should. really cool thumbnails <laughs> <laughs> this <right>. way. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they're they're trying to make their way over to where Goots is at in the midst of all this destruction like joshua ends up priming and so phoenix and bahamut are out like yeah he's what what joshua's trying to do is lead bahamut away distract him so stop he's him not from killing so many people yeah right the people will lose faith in their dragon in their um yeah in bahamut after this so that that's very destructive so they're up there doing their battle in the sky while clive is making his way to find Goots, they eventually find him. Then they're like, "Well, now's a good opportunity to go destroy this crystal." I mean, we're right here. Yeah, there's a distraction, perfect distraction yep, going yeah. on. Let's get in there and perfect. destroy this crystal. Uh, so they're making their way there, but then he sees, "Oh, Joshua was here. Fetch! Like, this That's is crazy. Right. That's right. We didn't. We gotta help him. He hadn't met right? Joshua yet. So it's just the whole situation is like building up to this boiling point. It's just getting crazier and crazier. Yeah. The stakes are really high. I really like it." Um, they and then they run into Annabella and Olivier like on the way there, and this scene was great. Um, yeah. 
I mean, just running into your mother and like her new kid randomly not expecting it like that. I know that in was the so middle strange. of this battle where yeah. your brother is fighting Bahamut, who is like traditionally like the most powerful freaking summon. Yeah. Almost always. In this yeah. game it's more Odin than Bahamut, but okay. I think they're probably pretty equal. Yeah. But still, like your brother is fighting Bahamut. Phoenix is not a match for Bahamut. Right, right. <laughs> in Final Fantasy terms. <laughs> you know, I gotta help him. I gotta destroy this crystal. All these things are attacking me. There's a Kashik everywhere. Yeah. Like there's ether floods. And then my freaking mom who betrayed us is just right here with her new kid. <laughs> and like, we haven't seen her since, this, right? This is some crazy stakes going yeah, on right now. That was wild. That <laughs> this was is wild. some emotional roller coaster, right? I can't imagine what he must be feeling just running yeah. into her after all those years, all that time to stew and the yep. revenge and everything. She's the one that, you know, betrayed us. Mother? Like, and she, I love her response. She looks to him, it's you. It's not like, mm -hmm. it's not like condescending yet. It will become not that yet. way. It takes two but seconds. But she sees an opportunity. Oh yeah. my goodness, you could save me. She it's does, <laughs> but why does she ruin it for herself so quickly? Again, it's I got to so be too. ultimate. I was like, oh, she can, she's smart. She can, she knows the situation. She, oh, nope, she doesn't. She's it's, insulting the most powerful person who's going to burn her to death. It's got to be Ultima yeah. trying to rev up mythos it, to fight is, Bahamut. It, does Ultima just have carte blanche over any human in the world? And I don't can, know. <laughs> because if so, he, he's doing a very poor job. He could do much better, I think. I don't know. I don't know what Ultima is capable of. And this is the whole thing yeah, about yeah, yeah. soft magic we talked about earlier. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And somebody was saying, oh, it sounds like you don't like soft magic systems. Soft magic systems are fine. Hmm. I love Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is right. a soft magic. It's very they mysterious. never explain the magic. How that magic works, yeah. But magic never solves problems in Lord of the Rings. Gandalf yeah, doesn't just really. come up and just like wave a wand and then their problem is solved. Right. It, it, so... And this is part of Sanderson's uh, law in terms of like how to, you know, create magic systems. If you're going to have magic solve like a key plot point or problem or yeah. a conflict, then the magic should be explained. Yeah. What are its limits? How does it work? Right. So I just don't understand what is happening with Ultima inside of being trapped inside of Joshua. Yeah, what are the was, limits yeah, yeah. now placed on Ultima? And how is he breaking through those limits? And what would he have been able to do had he not been in Joshua's cage? Right. Like what <laughs> what is what is he actually capable of? I've no fetching idea. And and why does he have to inhabit Annabella and then manipulate the emperor? He could just be the emperor. He could just be if right. he can control these people to this level, he can just do this to all sorts of people. Yeah. Now, one of the maybe answers is that Annabella, her shadow has such a grip on her. <laughs> that it controls her to such a high degree because of her you just figured it awful out, nature. I think I may have. But we'll, Ultima we'll see. Ultima we'll controls the shadows of people. Yes. And <laughs> or if, or, or influences, influences people through their shadows. Yes. And if you have a good, decent handle on your shadow... Then you Ultima doesn't. You have can power. resist Ultima, right? And that's Joshua's line. Uh, then I guess the fiend works through the in the shadows, right? Listen, that's it, not is it. that it. That's not it. Okay. But that's way better See, than whatever it is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. 
<laughs> I love that explanation. I, see, and I think I think that's not it either because I played yeah. enough of the game to think that like, okay, I don't know what's going on here, but I don't think it's that. But it would be sweet if it was. It would be right? so sweet. That because would literally be the coolest of magic and tie into so. philosophy of all time. That'd be super And then sweet. that way you just manipulate the shadow and then it then the people to the extent that the people allow the shadow to ruin to rule their lives, then that's the extent to which Ultima can control. I love that. Which idea. is why Ultima can't just jump into anybody, right? It's yes. got to be somebody who is just such a bad person, like Annabella. Yes. <laughs> somebody who just is just like thinks they're high and mighty, just horribly prejudiced. Just and, like, and never self-reflective. Never, They've, never. They'll never admit. Never. Yeah. Well, see that, but that's part of dealing with your shadow yes. is admitting. Yes. That, because she's like, oh, I'm so noble. You're dirty. I'm noble. She would never admit that she might be a little bit dirty. Too. Yes. She would never admit that. Yes. Everything she does is perfectly pure and prime. The, the trouble being is that nobody's really like that. And so yes. that means Gosh, she, I love your she has so not more. yet confronted the shadow in an obvious way. That would be such she, a perfect tie-in, dude. That would be so good. Because, yeah, it's like Ultima's power over you is tied to are you willing to admit admit and, and integrate that part of you you don't yeah, want to yeah. believe is you. Yeah. And, 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 and her whole thing, even going back, she talks about how in this scene, how shameful it was to be talked about by your lessers in a That's certain, right. Like That's she, right. she will not accept that yep. she's not equal to other people, that yes. she's not better. She refuses. And and so because she's she refusing her, her shadow, yeah. Ultima can control her. That would be sweet that would as be. an explanation <laughs> for Ultima's yeah. influence and power and what he can do. And it's definitely not right, but yeah. I wish it was because that would be I would buy that in a second. They would be perfectly tied to what I feel the theme of the game, at least early on, was going for. But anyway, probably not right. Probably not. <laughs> she's so she's just awful. Like after about two seconds, she just shows up and she's just like, "Oh yeah, you're dirty and I hate you. You've got the lines here." Yeah. Uh, so at first, she's she's trying to you know kind of appeal to him. Uh, what happened here? He asks her. He tried to take him from me. Oh, my boy, my darling, darling boy. She's like doting over this little child. I'm this sure doll, it's just... not human person. <laughs> gotta just be so, oh, for so infuriating for Clive, yeah. right? Is this the child you made with the emperor? Why, mother? Why did you betray us all? You... And she says to him, you have no right to ask me that. And I love how... <laughs> It's just what I are, thought of Thor and Oak and Shield. Doing? I have the only right. <laughs> That's all I could think of. Like, are you right. kidding me, dude? You she ruined literally she ruined his dreams. The one person on earth who has the right to ask that exactly. question is standing in front of you right now. And I love how Jill draws her sword and just backs her up. Answer him, you know. You know yeah. We took you in, savage. Show some respect for those who raised you. And she just keeps pressing, you know. know. So showing her, you, 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 you're talking like as if you have some. Like, <laughs> control over the situation. I know these are two you, icons that are these two gods, and you're like, what are you? To, what are you doing? I don't know. It was so unbelievable. Then she becomes very upfront. She she's just very forthcoming about like, oh, yeah. I, it's good that I killed your dad. And anyways, it's yeah. So she says, uh, honorable Elwin, always thinking of his precious homeland. But what worth is a homeland in a world beset by the blight? And, and, and Clive says, father did not seek to protect his country. He sought to protect his people. Right. She says, a leader's duty is not to protect its people or his people. It's to protect the source of his sovereignty. <laughs> it's just 
what the fetch? The noble blood that runs in his family's veins. So long as the bloodline remains unbroken, what does it matter if a nation falls? One can always, you can always found another. Unlike him, I did my duty. I preserved my line. I bore a son of the noblest blood to whom the whole world might kneel. But it's interesting saying that now. If Sylvester was not the son of an emperor, I have more questions. Mm -hmm. But um, that my line might join with the Lesages because she was of the the bloodline that's where the phoenix can be born. When, yeah, yeah. So now we've, we've, well, I guess that's why she considers him noble blood because his bloodline is the Bahamut. Is the Bahamut, yeah. So Bahamut and Phoenix bloodlines are now being uh, united. That is why I gave Rosaria to San Breck, that I might join the, the line of the Lesages with a birth and, and birth a savior of this benighted land. Blessed be, blessed by both Bahamut and the Phoenix. Right. That's so right. her idea of fixing this problem with the blight is having like basically a, a birthing a savior a of, super, of two yeah. incredibly powerful right. bloodlines. That's, I guess, what she thought she was doing. <laughs> you sold your country for a child. Why did you need another? You had Joshua. She says, I had nothing. You were always your father's son, so very strong and bold and daring, and yet you failed to awaken. Would that Joshua had been granted a tenth of your strength. Right, because so she, she now knows, oh yeah, Ifrit's really powerful. Well, I, she kind I, of, I think even before yeah. the oh, Ifrit you awakening. Mean just his just battle? as a knight, hmm, just I as see. his personality, he had this great strength to him and she mm. had wished that that's where phoenix should have awakened why did phoenix awaken in this weak child yeah so she even kid. had some resentment for joshua for not being strong right. like clive right but more resentment for clive for not being the phoenix this is this sucks like mm. you should have been the powerful kid should have been the one that get phoenix why was right. it the weak one and she's like this is, you two ruined it like, why? See, you know? and then she's got this third kid who, in my opinion, <laughs> is, weaker. is weaker than Joshua. It's just, oh, really? Do I have to go to a council meeting? Oh, man. And, like, th- this kid who does nothing, and she just thinks that he's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Weaker than Joshua, as far as I could tell. Yeah. So uh, she throws a goblet at Clive, just bounce harmlessly <laughs> off him. Like, like, literally, what is this? She can't help it, I, I guess. I guess at but this point. But even to protect her son, her son is there with her. Yeah. She should be groveling at his feet. I know. Don't murder my child. Yes. But instead, she's like, ooh, I'm so mad at you, and how dare you? <laughs> and like, I don't, it just doesn't, her character shouldn't be doing this. I don't yes. think her character should be doing this. Because Maybe one she's on one. being Certainly controlled not by Ultima through the shadow, dude. She's she won't, the, she's she the won't, she won't admit. Yeah. The problem here, what yes. she's done, and so Ultima is getting her to goad Mythos into priming to fight Bahamut. So she's just uh, that's that. that I'm device. accepting this as canon now Th- because let's do it, it let's makes do it a hundred thousand times more <laughs> sense for Annabella, yeah, to be this dumb if it's the fact that she won't integrate the shadow and yeah. through that Ultima can influence and control her. I can love that things. idea. So I'm just accepting it. It's canon to me now. If there's anybody in this whole game who refuses to face their shadow, it's Annabella. Yes. Uh, Okay. How the nobles laughed that Elwyn's firstborn was surely the son of a concubine and my own 
uh, not long for this world. So meaning oh, Joshua poor, poor was her. sick and would, would probably yeah. die early. And then the reason Clive didn't get the Phoenix was because she's not his real mom. Right. Right. Like okay. the shame of it, the shame of being slandered by one's inferiors. How could you ever know how that feels? Poor I don't care how you feel. It should have been <laughs> you. Why didn't the Phoenix choose you? And Joshua's every waking moment was spent trying to shoulder the burden that you and the Phoenix and the duchy foisted on him. That's why I became his shield, to help bear the weight. Yeah. But what did you do? You be I, I love this, by the way. I love this line. And even just going back to touching on some people who had like, uh, you know, they didn't love the idea of in introducing the jealousy into oh, Clive. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I still am telling you, I love this. Yeah. I love this for being his reason. I love the fact that Clive and Joshua genuinely, deeply care for each other. Yeah. And that... He, he didn't allow uh, whatever jealousy he was having, which he would have pushed down. Yes, suppressed, yeah. Right, and said like, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. I really care about him in my conscious brain, yep. in which I think and reason and <laughs> yeah. have rational thoughts. That 2% of your brain, yeah. This one that is in control of me, I love Joshua, and I'm going to help him bear this weight. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to hold it against him. Right. I love that. Yeah. That's like cool. I, uh, he would have every reason to be outwardly jealous. Yeah. And that shows the, the, the strength of his character to be mm -hmm. like, no, like I'm going to help him bear the weight. And that's a fine role to take on. Yeah, that's yeah. a noble role to take on. I embrace that role. Right. But what did you do? You betrayed your own blood and surrendered your son to his fate. And she says, oh, Joshua, my darling boy, I never meant to hurt him. The soldier's orders were clear. He was meant to be spared. Why did you survive when the only one I truly cared for died? And at this point, yeah, she's just, she's, she's saying the dumbest thing she could probably yeah, say. Yeah. What? Have you not looked out the window? Joshua is here. The Phoenix lives on. He's battling Bahamut as we right speak. Now. Yeah. Are you crazy? How have you not noticed this yet? <laughs> well, there are certain, there are certain truths that, um, people who have done horrible things can never face yes. or fess up to. Yes. And we see this later on with Annabella at the end. She never really, uh, she never really recognizes Joshua. Yes. She just is like, no, you're a ghost. You're, and who knows? She's probably been haunted by the ghost of Joshua this whole time. Yes. And just like, but she just clearly she admit that she did anything wrong. Yeah. And otherwise she'd be like, Oh, Joshua's alive. Oh my gosh. I did everything to help you. Instead. She knows how awful she's been. And she, yeah, she can't even when he's back. She's just like, no, no, you died. You died. Mm -hmm. You died. You can't be here. Because if you're alive, that means I'm a bad person. Yes. So you can't be yes. alive. <laughs> yes. It means right? I'm a bad mother. Yes. Yeah. And that's the, it means the, that's I abandoned the part my child. She's not, she doesn't want to admit she or accept this. She will never admit yeah. her own shadow. She will never admit any of yes. this. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yes. But I'm getting ahead of myself because okay. that, that comes a little bit later. So now we get Joshua comes basically busting through the wall as this <laughs> happens, as Phoenix and transforms back into his yeah. human form. And he's bleeding and unconscious. And uh, Clive says, I am a shield of Rosaria and I will do my duty. And he primes right. into Ifrit. And I love He this. primes quicker. He's like. He, he's, he's in control of it. Yeah, now. he's good at it. Yeah. He's got full control of Ifrit at this point. And I loved, I loved this because no. the buildup is like he is pumped. It, yeah. it was almost like that same energy in which he approached Hugo Kupka. Like, oh, yeah, I am right. going to yeah. beat you. I'm but, stronger than you. Yeah. Like all this. It, you have that energy of Clive preparing to fight. And then Bahamut just proceeds to kick 
the ever living fetch out of him <laughs> immediately. I loved that because right. it's like you feel like okay, here we go, here we go. Oh, Let's I was I was not ready for His that. His face gets like dragged <laughs> on the ground and thrown up into the air. I was not ready yeah. to fight Muhammad. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> I'm not a shield of Rosaria. No, no, obviously not take it back, but just <laughs> no, just no. the realization, oh, um, this dude's a lot fetching stronger than yeah, I thought. This is crazy. It's the, unbelievable how strong Bahamut is. And and what I love about it is that the only way that mm. they defeat Bahamut is for Clive and Joshua to fight. So like together. merge together. That yeah. was pretty cool. The Phoenix and and Ifrit have to have yeah. it's two against one. This is a very yeah. unfair fight. Yes. It's two icons against Bahamut. Yeah. And Bahamut still probably would have killed them both had they not done their Dragon Ball Z fusion. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Later on in the fight. But um yeah. but I loved that. I love how powerful it makes Bahamut. Yeah. Like right off the bat. It's like That's right. Clive cannot defeat Bahamut. Yeah. And maybe Mythos can become strong enough at a certain point. Sure. But part of that is he needs Bahamut's strength. Right, exactly. To be powerful enough. Yeah, he needs the so, blessing. Like he's just not Bahamut's way more powerful than the than the two of them. So they have to work together. And I, I liked how you switch in the fight between it and Ifrit battle and then you you're fighting as the Phoenix for yeah, a while. That was cool. And you go that back was cool. to Ifrit again. Yeah. And then in the in the climax of this they do their merge and then you're fighting in outer space. Yes. <laughs> well there's there's some symbolism to that. We'll 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 get well, to the fight. Let's, let's break it down. Or unless there's something you have before I that. don't have much. I don't have much. Um well actually I have a ton of stuff because I'm actually going all the way back to when he first destroyed the crew or when when Bahamut first tried to destroy the crystal. Yes. Wasn't and I, that interesting? I wondered if that was on purpose or if I that don't was know um he was just a bunch of energy came out and one happened to like graze the heart of the crystal and yeah. then the crystal felt threatened and then it reforms into the the flower. Yes, the, the and then it shows tail. the flower, which was really yeah. cool. Um, yeah. But it seemed like Bahamut was intentionally trying to destroy the crystal heart. Yeah, I could it see that to me. either way. I could but, see that being true. But then yeah. this shield, you know, shows up and yeah, yeah then, then we see like the true form of the crystal, which is which is really beautiful. It was really cool. Kind of reminded yeah. me of a, a near... Yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. This flower blossoms Blooming, over the giant city. Flower. Yeah, yeah really, totally. really fun. Um, but also, as we go in to destroy the Mother Crystal, Jill says, "There's no more roads here." And then Clive says, "I guess we'll just have to forge our own path." Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a little bit of the games theme, kind of. Yeah. Showing up here. I will um, say this though: if there is such a thing as too much spectacle. Yeah, this, this was this, this might probably have been it. it. This might have been it. Yes, uh, I like, really awesome, like the Koopa fight. Yeah, that was like that was like yeah. walking towards the line of where like, oh, there's another phase. It, it just keeps going. Yeah, I, I've heard some other people online saying, oh, this fight felt too long. The Koopa fight. I thought the Titan fight was great. Mm. It was like just the right amount. This one stepped a little bit over that edge of being like, okay, this is. This is too crazy for me. Yeah. This, is, this is getting like out of control <laughs> here. Like this is really, really, really too far. I feel like, yeah. spectacle wise. Not that that's a bad thing necessarily. It's just that it, there's only so much your senses can take at one yes, time. Yes, for sure. And and you need yeah. some. You need to. Um, you need to pace that out a little bit. I realized <laughs> this. I realized this was mu- with music because I was. Li- I would listen to. Um, all sorts of music back when I don't know twenty some twenty years ago or so uh, that was just it was just like go time all the time yes <laughs> right constantly and I can't <laughs> listen to that anymore no. I, I just can't no. um, and I get you know if you're young and it's just like yeah go man go hard don't stop like let's do it <laughs> uh, but um, at the same time 
Like there, there's there's a song. I think this is the song that killed hair metal. If mm. anybody wants to know my opinion on that, <laughs> <laughs> Steelheart made a song called Late for the Party. Uh, and it has like six different guitar solos in it, like throughout. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's a great analogy. It's just madness. It's a you great know? analogy. Well, but I, I equate it's like a firework show. Yeah. Right. Cause when I was younger, I'm just like, man, it should be grand finale all, all the, the time, time, dude. Yes. A 20 minutes grand finale, right? Yes. Give it to me. And the older I get, the more I'm just like, that's not, it that would work. not be fun. No, I don't think it'd be fun. I, w- I would leave. Uh, I, I would maybe be able to stand it for like two minutes before I'm just like, okay, like way too much. Come on. Give me something that pace it out a little bit. Yes. Give me, give me a story to your show. Right. Yes. Because grand finale is not a story like, yes. um, you know, the climax of an arc isn't a story in and of itself, no. right? You need all the other parts of it, right? You need dynamic range and variance. And, uh, what's yeah. the audio term? The, um, well, yeah, dynamic range. Is it dynamic range? Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. I feel, I feel like that's, that's like a it's, film. It's, it's a film. Uh, term as well. But. Okay, perfect. You need that in order to have texture, in order to actually feel like you're interacting with something instead of just being, you know, um, inundated yes. with a flood of information. So yes. it just overwhelms the senses. So that's probably um, the best way that I could explain it. But um, I feel like fights, the Kupka fight was kind of doing that too, though. And a lot of this comes down to the music. So the yeah. music in the Kupka fight, it didn't really change much. It just kind of was that track, this super repetitious, just like, and it was really cool. But after 20 minutes, you know, it's like, and I'm not even saying I got sick of it. That fight was really cool. But they keep wanting to one-up it now. And I'm seeing this with Bahamut. I'm seeing the one-up the one upping and the only reason why the next fight might be harder than this one is because they had to do stuff to make it like we were fighting with Phoenix and yeah. I don't know exactly how the next fights are going to go. Uh, but Bahamut was incredibly powerful and we, we had to do things to make Bahamut weaker so that we could fight him. Um, but it does seem to kind of keep carrying on that like grand finale. And a lot of the fights are seeming like that now too. Yeah. Um, every time I fight, it's just like flashes of, of brilliance and numbers and many numbers. So many numbers. <laughs> a lot of numbers. <laughs> just numbers all flying over the everywhere. Um, but I feel like pacing uh, is is super important. Now, now as far as this battle with Bahamut goes, the music is really good. So Mix shared yep. Mix shared with me um, a twenty five minute video of a. Yeah. We got some a guy, lyrics here I can't, too. Yes, and I've got I've got the we lyrics. Got we're we're going into all okay, of great. this. Great. The song is really well done, but there's this guy I can't remember his name, but he um he is a classically oh, trained musician. Yes, right. I know did what you you're watch talking this about. I did. Chance? Yes. Okay. He kind of goes over the movements of this um, piece, and it talks about Vivaldi's Winter and Bach and a lot of the Baroque influences and where a lot of this is coming from and Richard uh, Wagner's um, idea of total art, which he considered to be opera, right? Where it's all of the different art pieces combined into this one thing that's like the perfect spectacle. And as far as we're talking about spectacle here with with Bahamut, that is that is this experience, right? It is it is total art happening all at once here. it's just it's just a bit overwhelming, and then you have the interactive element, which video games provide, which yes. makes it just takes it, it over the further, top, right? Yeah. Goes even further in terms of that. Um, but you know, the pieces start out more grounded, but you have that operatic kind of tone to it, and then of course the, the battle ends up in outer space, right? Yeah. And the music kind of accompanies it as well, but it's got this it's got this like melancholy tone to it as well mm. that's happening. Um, and let's let's read the lyrics because I wrote them all down, and this is this is absolutely crazy. Are we here yet, or should I yeah, should I just yeah. jump into go, this? Go for it. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So here's the lyrics for the song. 
It says, on the wings of an angel, forsaken, our destinies lie. So that sounds like Prometheus or Lucifer or the morning star, right? So the forsaken angel, mm. our destiny lies on the wings of the forsaken angel, mm. right? So that's Prometheus, right? In courage and conviction throughout the night, we find our redemption, we find our light. So this is throughout the night given us by the light bringer, right? So essentially we find our courage and conviction through the night. We find our redemption. We find our light in the night. So what is the light in the night? It would be either, it would be the brightest star, which would be the, the morning star is what, or the evening star, um, or the moon. It could easily be the moon. Metia, the star, or the red or star. Or it could be Metia, of yeah. course. Um, so the light is what's given us to us by the light bringer, but that is where we find our courage and our conviction, right? So very... Um, Gnostic Christian slash ancient Greek, um, mm-hmm. you know, understanding there. The next one is that we may make our ascension, which mm-hmm. I equate to that we may become as gods. Yep. We, we shall become, become as gods, as gods right? Yep. The burden shouldered, seven worlds of teardrops falling into the sea, bitter seeds these, ere yearning to be free. And I say free from the gods, yep. <laughs> right? That's free what's from, happening. Free from here. the crystals. <clears throat> because that's the whole point of the Promethean stories, right? It's like, free us from the gods, please. Yep. So then the next one, uh, Holy Mother set us free. Now, this, this is where it gets really interesting to me. The Holy Mother, we're, this is Bahamut. We're in the, I guess it's Crystalline Dominion, but we're dealing with the Sandbrek Empire, right? Um, Holy Mother would be the goddess Grieger. I think in this case, right? Yeah. So, Holy Mother set us free. Now, well, Greek, or the the mother could just be several the times. land. The, the land mother could crystals. be the mother, or the, the mother crystals. crystals themselves. So, the crystals yeah. set us free. Okay, that's possible. Well, wait, maybe we can bring multiple readings into that. Holy Mother set us free. Strike our irons. Be our solace, temperance, virtue, and vengeance. Now, that last one, vengeance. vengeance. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. But the idea here that the mother will free us from the gods and bring vengeance mm. against the gods. I think that's what it's saying mm-hmm. here. Um, now, the mother could be the crystals. It could be the goddess Grieger. Then firmament over us, fundament beneath us, and that's the heaven and the earth. Take flight into the starry heavens on high celestial procession, fire on ruby mountaintop to guide us to the word of God, the goddess. Solace, temperance, virtue, ascension. So instead of vengeance, it's ascension, mm. which means once you've taken your vengeance, then you, can then you can ascend, right? So, but then when it says fire on ruby mountaintop, I don't know what a lot. I don't know what a lot of this is saying, but that sounds something like the red star by the moon, something like that, right? Metia, I don't know. We, I, we might be giving too much credence to the moon and the, and the red star, um, but the <coughs> the moon itself is associated with the goddess in some way. Um, guide our spirits ever higher. This is speaking to the holy mother. Guide our spirits ever higher and 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 higher eight times to uh, endless heights, higher, ever higher, the infinite, right? Up until the endless, the endless above. On wings of faith, we'll rise again. And this is where it gets really interesting. On wings of faith, we'll rise again. So rise again after the fallen one. So rising again, right? So the ones have fallen, but we are going to take up their mantle and reascend. Right, Mm -hmm. And the faith would then be in ourselves or faith in the goddess that she'll be able to give us this power. But where ye the madness that that breeds inside us. So beware of, this means, but check your shadow, the madness within, right? So it, on wings of faith will rise again. Where ye the madness that breeds inside us. Tides of fury, 
flowing, ebbing, mists of madness, whirling, wending, veil of nothing, never ending. Dare not seek what lurketh down beneath. No. This is the, talking about the shadow, in my mm-hmm. opinion. This is clearly talking mm-hmm. about the shadow, right? So it's like, hey, we, we have this great potential. But there's also something going on with all of us that's really bad. And beware of it, right? And do not seek what lurketh down beneath. Now, that may preclude some type of um, shadow work. But I, anyways, I'm... Well, especially if Ultima controls people through the shadows. Sure, there you go. So just don't touch it. Which but, is canon. But you can't not touch it. You have to integrate it anyway. Yeah. Um, so this is an interesting injunction to dare not seek what lurketh down beneath. Uh, this describes the madness brewing within us, the endless nothing. Don't seek for it. This line makes me wonder what exactly it's saying. We will rise, but beware of the fury, madness, and nothingness below. And I think that's the shadow, the evil hiding from the sun. Right, and this is the next part. An evil hiding from the sun, blinding he screameth, eschaton, imminent. So the evil hiding from the sun is the shadow, right? Uh, the sun is too bright, but the shadow screams uh, that it will bring about the end. The word eschaton um, is referring to the apocalypse, the end of days, right? The end of everything, everything, you know, coming to a, um, coming to a point. And that is the end. That is all the lyrics of this song. But the way the song progresses through the fight is really good because at the beginning, you've just got the wings of an angel. That could be Bahamut, but I'm going to say that this has more reference to Prometheus and, you know, the the light bringer. Uh, And the courage of convictions that we can become as gods. Isn't this great? Then the next movement is all about Holy Mother, set us free, talking about the mother, talking about revenge and then what the mother can do. And then we reascend. But this last part is all about like, hey, beware of that shadow, dude. It will ruin everything. We've got these high goals, but the madness within you, like don't look down, right? But And it's cool because it's not just madness. This also makes very specific veil of nothing, never ending. That a veil of nothing, right? So a veil is a thing that covers you, right? Well, the veil is the nothingness, right? And and it is endless, right? Mm. And so you also have to be well, be beware of the the nothingness that exists in the universe like mm-hmm. like look out not only is there madness there's also nothing and that's that's just freaky right that's really scary um don't seek what lurks down beneath so this last part talking about that this is more i feel like this would be more towards the end of the fight we're in the void of space we're in the vacuum of space fight yes but right. also we have risen we have ascended, ascended. like the ascent mm-hmm. of the song of the lyrics here is when we ascend right but then beware of what happens after that, right? Beware of the nothingness. Beware of the, the shadow, essentially. Uh, the evil hiding from the sun because the end is near, right? And that's, then, of course, everything comes crashing back down to earth. And that's where, that's the end of the fight. Yeah. Um, but, and I don't know that the song necessarily plays. And it's really hard to tell. The lyrics basically had to be published. Right. I don't think anybody would have hear <laughs> heard those words yeah, necessarily. Right. Um but geez, man, that song was really good. At reading this, I felt like I was reading, like from the Book of Psalms or something. Like this was this yeah, was, this was really deep, well written. really well written, really good, really cool, and and it seems coherent from what I know of the world. Um, and I'm just really excited to see exactly where they go with all of this. I but wonder the way the music and the music and the lyrics and the fight all work together to bring you this like mm-hmm. high high spectacle was really really cool. I yeah. absolutely loved it. I wonder if the part about the wings might be referring to Phoenix's wings, but ah, specifically yeah. in conjunction angel. with the Ifrit and 
uh, when Ooh, Ifrit and Phoenix combine. That's interesting. Right. Ah. Because you have Ifrit that feels more like a fallen angel yes. type figure yes, than totally. Phoenix does, but when they're combined into the Phoenix Ifrit icon. Then it's the wings of a forsaken angel yeah. that in which our destinies lie. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. That I wonder could, totally I wonder if that's part of the reference or if that could be interpreted as that way. I don't know for sure, but that's a possibility, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyway. Ooh, it's crazy. One thing I did like, though, was that whether intentional or not, this kind of paid homage to the Bahamut Zero summon in Final Fantasy VII. You remember that one? Um, so there's three different Bahamut summons in Final oh, Fantasy okay, VII. Yeah. There's like the regular Bahamut, right. which just shoots a beam out of its mouth. Yeah. And then there's Bahamut Neo, I think, which like the earth gets like taken up into the sky. I remember and, that. And like a bigger yeah. one blows that away and yeah, the whole yeah. thing crumbles. And then there's Bahamut Zero, which is the third Bahamut summon where he goes into space. Yes, and okay. And comes yeah, back yeah. down and like blows a freaking <laughs> hole through the planet. <laughs> and it does uh, well, a thousand damage. <laughs> Right? It doesn't even kill the enemy. It's so funny. Yeah, that's But uh, I, I kind of got vibes of Bahamut Zero from ah, this nice. fight in, in outer space. In outer space. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I don't know if that was purposeful, but it's just, it seemed to be a reference to that to me. But um, What did you think about the, uh, the many tutorials that kept popping up during the battle? Yeah, I guess. I'm like, I mean, we're 20 something that, hours into this game. They've done that for each... Because I know, they do I know, that for each fight because they're always kind of they're always they introducing do. a new element to the icon's abilities. They do, which means at the final boss of this game, yeah, they're still, still be going more. to be getting tutorials. Yeah. Because each time that's just what happens. That's now, the thing about how tutorials, you feel. it's it's hard to say because there's a part of me that really believes I would be one hundred percent down for just erasing all Get tutorials, just period. <laughs> like yeah. just allow just people, people figure to it out. figure it out. Yeah. Or we did it back in the nineties. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. I, I was raised on games where they didn't necessarily tutorialize you on anything. Right. Also, those games were much more simple in a lot of they ways were, than, yeah. than and games they are today. 3D and, yeah. But there's another part of me that understands that that would probably be frustrating for the average player yeah. to not, you know, what do I do? I don't understand. Um, you know, not everybody can like deal with that the one game that sort of um i felt did a pretty good job with this of of all things because like xenoblade 2 i think is terrible and how it tutorializes yeah. but xenoblade chronicles x oh yeah basically put an entire like all of its tutorial in the menu and almost never tutorialized you on anything hmm, unless you intentionally unless you go sought it out into the menu yeah. and look it up and then so, it's not breaking anything. But there was also there's also kind of a problem with that because I feel like a lot of people won't do that and then they'll, they'll just miss out on all kinds of abilities that are even possible yeah. that you just don't happen to figure out. That's true, yeah. Right? That's true. So, so there's I, my be a, mind a way is, to learn it. My mind is kind of mixed on this. It's yeah. like y tutorials I can see from one side or one philosophy on it being really necessary yeah. to like your player needs to know that this is possible to do. Right. And are they going to seek that information out? I don't know for sure, but I can at least put it in front of their eyes yeah. and make it short, yeah. right? It's just like two short pages it's and it's over. Short. Yeah. So I'm okay with it the way it is because they're not long tutorials. Yeah. It's not like I have to read five pages of text. No, sometimes it's one it or two. Sometimes it's two. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, Tough Ham brought up something in our uh, Discord. He said that uh, sometimes that uh, the... The tutorial kind of like spoils the fight. 
Like it tells you yeah. what's going to happen. Okay, when he comes to punch you, you're going to push the spot. That's it's like, a, oh, that's I didn't know he was going to do that. That's a fair point. And then you watch it happen without any of the surprise of that. But then how would you have dealt with it without the tutorial? I don't know. They yeah. just have their action time. Well, events. I mean, when we were kids, you would just die. And then yes, you'd learn, and then, okay, and I don't do that. Deal. I yeah. have to try again. Right. And that was just part of the game. You died a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how Souls games are. It's just right. like they just kind of... I mean, there's a little bit of tutorialization in the very beginning, but... I expected But those are, those are optional, too, because there are usually yeah. messages written on the ground that you have to ah, go interact nice. with. And you could just run past them, you mm -hmm. know? So I would say, personally, the way I like it is more like the way we grew up or the way, like, FromSoft yeah. handles tutorials, which are make them optional and make them really short. Um, it's but just weird at 20, I think, 25 hours into a game, and it's like... I think it's valid tutorials. that, you know, maybe the average player, that's not the best way to help them understand how to play. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you, you shouldn't be, you know... You, you should make the choice that will benefit the highest amount of players yeah. possible. I don't have enough data to have an informed opinion on this. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all I can say. Okay. Um, okay. There's there's a really good um, reunion scene between Clive and Joshua and Jill when this is all over. You know, but this this again kind of brought me back to why didn't Joshua come to Clive way earlier than this? Why yeah, was he yeah. there literally in the fine. same space? Yeah. I mean, he was there when he went to the Phoenix Gate. Right. He was watching him from the shadows. But why he was also he in that hotel there? when they had their the yeah. The why did he run away? The, yeah, he was like, oh, gotta get away from Clive. Like, why? Yeah. What was the purpose? I, I still don't know. No, and I've played a bit past this I've, as well. I've played way past this. No. And he doesn't ask him about it. Huh. There's no conversation about it. I help me people who have read every ATL message. <laughs> why? Why did Joshua avoid um, coming to Clive for so long? Yeah. What was the point of avoiding him? Other than I don't know, it made the story more mysterious up yeah. to this point, which is his that's point. That's what the collector. I mean, say. that's that's the cynical way of looking at it. But like, yeah. really, truly, I want to know: is there an explanation for that? Mm. Because this is also part of the reason why I even brought up the idea of there being some under unconscious level jealousy or contention right. between them. Because they can't face each other. Yeah. Because yeah. why? Why is Joshua not just going straight to him and reuniting right away and being like, "You don't need to take revenge. I'm still alive. Yeah. Everything's cool." It's weird <laughs> when you're running away from someone and then they catch you. And they don't even ask why you were running. I know. <laughs> you don't tell them. And you're just like, oh, you got me. So how you been, man? Like, <laughs> what? Why were you running? I know. Like, why didn't nothing, you come nothing. sooner? And, and I thought there would be an explanation. Well, Clive, maybe it's because he's got mythos in him, yeah. right? And, and he doesn't want, or mythos, he doesn't want, Joshua has Ultima in him. And he doesn't want mm. to bring Ultima to Clive. But that oh, does true. That explains why he wouldn't have come to him in the five-year time scale. But what about now? But what about before that? Before oh, Ultima hmm. had been taken into him, why had why didn't he talk to him at Phoenix Gate? Yeah, I don't know, and I don't feel like any adequate explanation has been given that he doesn't have why any reason running. to have done that. Yeah, did somebody the, say there something was here? one that said, "Well, in the hotel, Yote didn't exactly say who it was that that it was Clive." Yote just said, oh, there's people fighting, they're, they're looking for us, and then he jumped out the window. Um, but he had clearly been avoiding Clive this whole time, and so I don't think that answers the whole, the whole question. Yeah. Okay, fine. 
post time skip, let's say he didn't want to bring Ultima anywhere near right, Clyde. Yeah. But why at Phoenix Gate earlier, when he was still in his little brown hood, watching yeah. and going, oh no, the hour's later than I thought. Oh, confound it. And he like runs away. Yeah. Like, why didn't he just go talk to him? What's up, Clive? I'm alive. Everything's cool. Let's join forces. But that's what happens now, even with um, Ultima inside of him. It's, they ju- it's just not an issue after this fight. Yeah. So, so, like, I just don't, I don't get it. I really don't get the motivation behind avoiding Clive all this time. Um, and I, I, okay. I, I hope there is an explanation and someone can clear that up for me, uh, particularly if it's not a theory, but just like a literal, hey, here's, here's the ATL entry and it says this, or something yeah. more concrete. Um, because it would have made a lot more sense for Joshua to have come to Clive for help a lot earlier. Yeah. Like, particularly since now, like you said, it's totally fine for them to be working together. Right. He's got Ultima in him still. So if that was the reason to avoid him, now they're going to journey together and work together and he's, he doesn't try to like leave now. Right. So I just, I literally don't get it. It so. just didn't matter. As soon as he got caught, he just. They were just friends. Okay, no. now now we can reunite. Oh, let bygones because. be bygones. Yeah, whatever. Um, okay. So after the fight, we destroy the heart. Yeah. Oh yeah. That that's that's in space yeah. still. He like does that final. Oh, that's push, right. Yeah, yeah. Move. Um, Dion is there. He wakes up and sees Olivier, but he yeah. sees him as Ultima, like the yeah, real form, that's right. right? And he yes. throws his lance into him and kills him. And he blue-sintegrates Oliver. Yeah, blue-sintegrates. <laughs> Olivier got blue-sintegrated. Um, and I was shocked at this. Like, what? That was that easy? Yeah. I, like, I was, you don't know what to expect from Olivier because his character is so, he's such a weak little kid, but at the same time, obviously way more powerful than he was letting on. Mm. And then, like, the most obvious thing of like, oh, I'll kill you, and he doesn't move, he just, boom, he's dead. He's out. That was it. crazy. And I guess it could be. And the, the fact that he blue disintegrated <laughs> makes me wonder, was he ever a real person? Like, did Annabella give, physically give birth to this child? I mean, she had to have. I would think so, but he's not a person. He's, he, he just, he's is, an ultimate, he's like an he's, illusion. He's whatever Harbord is, I think. Remember I, I made that yeah. earlier? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Or was it Harbord? Or are you talking about, um, what's his name? The other guy. Sorry. What's his name? We do meet another character like this later, but I'm not going to say. I'll wait on this name. point till later. I, I don't know uh, who okay. I'm thinking of at the moment. It's it's not relevant to this. Well, I know who it but. is, but we'll find it out next episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, the, the solid questions. Again, there, I have a million questions about this game, and I feel like I'm not getting a <laughs> gotta, lot of gotta answers. Got to beat it, then read all the ATL, and then and we'll then see. we'll see if what what is answered and what is not. We it. have people here insinuating that these things don't get answers. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, DLC talks. later, I guess. Maybe DLC. There is a DLC plan for there this. There is. The They've Leviathan already announced stuff. Yeah. So Leviathan is another uh, icon, icon right? that doesn't, uh, I guess, get seen in this game. Yeah, the whole reading about the sixteen and then the icons and two for each element. Um, I don't think. Is I don't think that was right anymore. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think cool. that was it. It could have been. You know, I have no idea what it is. But then here's what happens. Anyway. So then after Dion does that, he says, you know, oh, some, he says something about his father, the emperor, right? As it turns out, he's the one who who killed the emperor, as we're going to get to later on. Dion did completely by accident. Um, but then Dion, uh, kind of reaches up. His father was there in front of him, and kind of as a vision he kind of like reaches up and his father grabs him by the hand. Yes. It's almost an atonement, atonement with the father kind of moment, right? Where they, yep. they finally are reunited and they, they understand you, each you, other. You were right, son. Yes, exactly. Good job. <laughs> good job. Well done. My, my good and faithful son, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And then it seems like Dion dies. And yes. the only reason I know that Dion didn't die <laughs> is because I've played a Further. few hours past yeah. this. But it seems it did, it did seem like purposes, he died. It seems like he died he and that his out. spirit was welcomed by his father yeah. into the next life. I, I got the same sense initially. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's guess he's not dead. No, okay. that was just um he's he he's just was he was just sleeping, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Then, um, now, then we see what happened before. Yeah, Joshua goes to hell. Oh, yeah, and then we go back and see the whole scene. So In the uh, throne room, yeah. Yeah, basically, Dion arrived. He was leading the dragoons. Yep. They were making their coup, and the emperor is like, what are you doing? And yep. he, he starts to speak to him, and he, it seems like he's getting through to his father a little yes, bit. Yes, at first. And and he at the end of it, after first He's like, don't you it, notice what's happening here? Yeah. 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 And a, after first protesting it, Sylvester kind of comes back and, listen, you have to understand something. Yeah. And, as if he might know something. Right. Maybe about, I don't know if that's what he was insinuating right. with that remark, but it came across that I way. I almost wonder if it's like, look, I'm letting him be the puppet emperor for now. Yes. Because I had no choice, he was going to kill me. Something but like I'm that. working maybe. on a solution in the background, but I yeah. just can't say it in front of him or something like that. It, that might be giving the emperor too much credit. Maybe too much credit, <laughs> but it seemed like there was, there was something more to that line where it's like, yeah. listen, you have to understand. And he trails off. <clears throat> yeah. But this is when Olivier stands up. And yep. starts talking. Or no, that's not right. No, that's not right. Because it's. I think it's, it's after, after the dies. Yes, uh, yeah. it's after Dion tries to throw the spear through Olivier. Yes, and he steps in front of it and dies. That was. I, w that I was did not crazy. see that coming. That was crazy. I didn't. And so the. But the, a cool, cool line of uh, dialogue happens before that, though, because the emperor was like, "You know, guards, are you going to let? Um, are you going to let the uh, Dion do this?" And Dion basically says to all the guards, he says, "You all know what I'm talking about. Yep. You know that Annabella mm -hmm. has been behaving weird. If any of you think that this is right, then step up and face me." Yeah. And everyone just they're stands all, back. And the nope, emperor's like, not "Really? Listening. My guards aren't coming to me. They no. all." Gonna help to, him. They all know that, like, yeah. hey, something weird's been going on, and we're on Dion's side. Yep. And that's where the Emperor kind of realizes, like, whoa, this is way beyond anything. Step right? back. There's <clears> something you guys got to understand real, real fast. <laughs> but when Dion throws the spear at the young, the young Emperor, um, the king, I couldn't tell. Did the king purposefully throw himself in front of the spear, or was he kind yes. of pulled? I think he did it on purpose. Not pulled by hands, but pulled by an unseen force. Like, I think whoosh. you make a good point. Because in order to make Bahamut angry, the king needed to die. Yes. And that was Ultima the plan. has the power well, to just well, like slide uh, Olivier someone Olivier comes out and says it. Olivier, what does he say? He says, uh, poor father, how he doted on his children. Uh, he drops the toy knight at this point, by the way. Like, yeah, the whole that's facade right. is yep, falling. Yep, yep. That he would uh, that he would die to protect me was plain. Mm -hmm. It was but a matter of when. And Dion says, "You planned this, so right. you're right." Ultima planned for the Emperor to okay. save Olivier, and this was all part of dri dri driving Dion crazy, so he yeah. could be not in control, get the yellow eyes as he primes, Kay. and not be in control of Bahamut in rage, so that Bahamut could fight Mythos. Right. So this so, was part of the plan. So this was planned, but I had thought he did some force grab, like some Emperor Palpatine move, and just like pulled yes. this. It seems like the father did this of his own will. 
right? He yes. he was like, I will give my but life. But you're my right. Child. It could but have it, been it, some influence. That yes, like years in the making. Yeah, right. Of of subtle subtly influencing the king and and the, him being this helpless thing that the king feels the need to protect. That could have been the whole purpose of this kid being so helpless all the time. Is that the, then the emperor would be like, oh, I have to protect him. Right? Yes, he needs protecting. He can't protect himself, yes. which is not true. Yes. But the emperor didn't know that. I also just had a thought. Ultima, if Ultima is in someone's shadow, mm-hmm. then through the collective unconscious, is he not then <laughs> immediately in everyone's shadows? That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to say. So <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. That so, would be a way better explanation for Ultima's power. Then he me. just resides in a separate dimension. Basically, he just yeah. lives in a separate. And plane. it would explain instances like back with at the end of the Titan fight, where where uh, Clive is just sort of pulled into this almost other dimension yeah. where he faces Ultima. That would be the dimension. That's the other plane then. That's the, w- the where shadow the shadow world. resides. Yeah. It's the unconscious. It's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Like this just. <laughs> If they didn't do it, we should. There are other parallels to Xenogears, which I'm not going to talk about yet, okay. because we haven't gotten there. I've seen at least one or but two. But there's um, there's some things here that lead me to believe even more strongly that if this was not intentional, this whole Union Shadow thing in the game, um, it would just be a miraculous freaking coincidence. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> um, there's just just too many parallels to Xenogears' plot, mm. even that. Anyway, I won't go okay. too far into that right now, but it, it, it's clear that there's there's some there's something there to it, and it. I love that idea. I've, I've been repeating myself ad nauseum at this point of Ultima having power through the shadow, and then yeah. in tandem through the collective, unco- the then whole society's other shadow. people's shadows. Yeah. So he, he, I love that. That would be I, cool. that's a really cool villain power. Yeah. It would change my whole perception of Ultima as a villain in this game. <laughs> it makes him one of the coolest villains of Final Fantasy instead yeah. of one of the worst, in my opinion. If this is the case, hmm. uh, because I just I just don't love Ultima. Yeah. I haven't in the game so far. Um, he's been my sort of like the least interesting part of the plot to me. Yeah, unless I think I'd agree this. With that is what you're saying about unless him, it's true. unless that's <laughs> which I'm accepting as canon if that's it he suddenly just gets boosted way higher yeah. that's really cool to me but I don't know there's still a lot of game to play so we'll find out we'll see uh, Olivier then calls Dion a kinslayer yep and Dion, at this point, it's clear that Olivier is completely controlled by Ultima. Like, it's obvious. And so in that sense, that the Emperor was saying, oh, this child is Grieger incarnate, right? Yeah. No, the child is Ultima incarnate. Right? <laughs> yes. It's like a, a body for just the will of Ultima to manifest itself in the world. Um, well, and then there was somebody over here, uh, I think it was Drake, who said um, in the ATL, it says that the, the blue disintegrated people are... <laughs> Possessed by Ultima, it says the that in the ATL. So they lose yeah. their consciousness, right? And then they um, they lose their will, yes. right? So and then they they then are submit to the will of, of Ultima, right? Yes, yeah, that's right. Yep. So anyway, that's how you know it's an Ultima puppet is if they dis- disintegrate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, we come back. I meant to look into this. Oh yeah. Term. Primogenesis. I, I, I oh, ended up beginning, not doing it. The beginning. So primogeniture is uh, primogenesis means the first. Um, so prim, prime, prim, yeah, prime, prime, yeah, is is like primal, and then genesis means the beginning. So first cause. Primogenesis okay. means first cause. Okay. Um, primogeniture is a a way of like a, 
like uh, where the first son then becomes the next leader. That's called primogeniture, but that's okay. the word gene, right? Yeah. But Genesis has the word gene in it as well, but it's more referencing to the whole universe. So primogenesis okay. means the first cause that created everything as we know it. Yeah, because after the scene ends, Ultima starts casting a spell. He's like standing on top of the spire. He has some dialogue here. Oh, right. He says, if it is consciousness that weaves your wills together. Yeah, this was a good Consciousness thing. that blurs the boundary between your own will and that of others. Then we shall set you apart once more. The ties that bind you shall be severed and humanity return to its proper place. By primogenesis shall a new age of reason begin. So what did you make of that in, in that context? Using, I think primogenesis is the spell he's casting. Yeah. But which would essentially, it's essentially the flood. It's essentially like destroy everything and then remake it right into a new world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my reading on this, um, if consciousness weaves your wills together, consciousness that blurs the boundary between your will and others, which is a, as a social species and which is common within the psyche collective unconscious, he's talking about how we're all kind of like, um, you know, connected in, in some weird way that we aren't even aware of. He says, then we will set your will apart or then we shall set you apart once more. The ties that bind you will be severed and humanity will return to its proper place. Uh, by primogenesis, a new age of reason will begin, right? So that's it. He's going to, uh, a new world. But severing consciousness, right? Then you only have your own self-interested will, right? So the idea is, is that the conscious mind being something more of maybe the superego, that there's this thing that like clamps down on yourself, that your conscious mind that holds yourself back, that it's where you've got your like moral ideas of morality and all these uh, things that would Rational typically be associated. Thinking. Yes. Yeah, all that. As opposed to just like, just do what you want to do, man. Like yes. get your will on and <laughs> go, go will things, will the world that you want into existence. Right. And he's saying that Clive could do something like this, but he's got yeah. this dumb consciousness that keeps clamping down on his will. And so his will isn't being made manifest. You have to sever the, the connection between consciousness and will that way you can throw away the consciousness because who needs that? <laughs> mm -hmm. And then all you have is the raw will. Right. Yes. And then the will would be something more like akin to the id that just, the the primal yes. desires of you know do do what you want get yours and um you know will things into existence right yes. so if it's separate from anyone else's right because our, our conscious minds are all connected in some weird way um then it's it's the will that makes us all individuals yes. the consciousness weaves us together but will that's your own. and alone that will is weak but yes. when the consciousness ties all the people together that's what makes humanity strong. Like a, a collective Resisting him. Sure, yes. Right? Yes, exactly. And so he's exactly. trying to sever these bonds yeah. of consciousness in order to be able to take back his vessel. He wants to cut Clive off from all of from his, everything. his network of yeah. people and all of that uh, in some way. And, and primogenesis is the, the way in which he intends to do this. Sure. The so spell I guess, that he casts. So uh, it... So primogenesis would be referring to like the universe, but it could just be referring to this person. Like, yeah. so if you crack, you cast primogenesis onto a person, you dissolve them and remake them into whatever you want them to be. Could I guess. be. So that could be what's happening. Also, like you mentioned with the Akashic, you're right. That is mentioned a little bit later on. The Akashic are people who have been, whose consciousness, Their consciousness have been has been removed. Right. They yeah. have no connection to each other, no connection, no conscious thought. They just have their will, but their will is um, a puppet that can be manipulated. Yes. Right. So they have a will towards their own self-interest. And then the God, um, uh, and then Ultima then says, okay, here's 
what I want you to be interested. He then can direct the self-interest. Well, and the people the go other do thing, things that would be against their yeah, normal interest. The, the other thing that's interesting is that Ultima is not. He never refers to himself in first person. It's always we. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's like a network. There's almost a. I don't know how this ties into it. I'm just trying to like work through it. Like, yeah. It's, it's like Ultima, whatever he is, whatever God being he is, it's like, it's not a single entity and all of the people mm. are meant to be linked to that same. Yeah. They're all meant to be like the body of God sure. as individuals, yes. but they're not meant to have individual consciousness. Yes. And so like, he can't use his full body. Because like his fingers all so got consciousness, unconscious. It's by like the your way. fingers all got became yeah, conscious and entities, now they do and they want to do their own things. Like no, you fetchers are no. supposed to do what I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's your what deal? What are you doing? That would be crazy. I think that's like the, <laughs> and he's perplexed by this. Like wait, yeah, not as well. How, how do I stop this? Yeah, it's like they have their own their own like <laughs> being, right? And but they're yeah. only they're, they should merely be extensions of my being. Like yes. what's happening here? I th and so yeah. whatever this spell is meant to do, that darkens the skies here. Yes, that's what happens after this. No, I think we also missed Annabella's suicide. We did. Real quick. So, so Annabella freaks out because she sees Joshua. Yeah, right? Joshua tries to come up. It's like you're saying. Yeah, she doesn't she want to admit, admit it. Yeah, what she did. Yeah, and so she'd rather slit her own throat than face Joshua. No, this is all just <sighs> a bad crazy. dream. She's saying, right? Yeah, you're not real. Yeah, uh, go away. And None then, rather than face or admit yeah. who she was, face the shadow. Yeah, she would rather yeah. kill herself. Right. It's too painful. Um. Anyway, so that oh, happens. Not really much. I, I didn't take a lot of notes about not it. Not much, other but than that, that was not expected. I did not think that yeah. she, would, she would slit her own throat like that. I thought yeah. we were going to kill her for sure. There's one more scene I want to get through. We oh, could save is, it for We also learn here that Joshua has a swelling in his chest circled in oh, stone, yes. right? Right. So There's the curse. The, 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 but it's the happening petrification. here. Petrification. Yeah. Right other, from the other source people, of where Ultima's at. Exactly. For other people, it's their he's, hands. He's exerting magic. He's exerting In energy to hold him there. Force. So from that point, yeah. it's like spreading out. Because it usually like. happens to the dominant's hands, right? But it's happening to his chest. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. Um, we could save the scene with the king of Walud for next time, because that's going to be yeah, all part of the sure. Odin. Yeah. Should we just save that for yep. next? Okay. I think so. All right. So that's where we're going to leave off there. We'll get into the Ooh, whole Odin fun, arc. And I need to time. give more thought to the whole consciousness will connection. Yeah. Because I feel like the Akashic lose their will also. Yes. Right. But he's saying, no, retain the will, but just lose There's, this pesky consciousness. This is, this is kind of the where. The will to be great. It's almost like the will is the back door for him to sneak in through the shadow and just control you completely. Right. So once you lose your consciousness, once the superego is out and you just have the id and the not the superego's consciousness, it's just, you know, the, the, those structures. Once those are out of the way, the id then can just take over and then he just owns you. It right? just, it just but, works so perfectly but that means, as an explanation for his power. It would. He controls you through the shadow. Through the he shadow. He gets rid of your consciousness. You go to the unconscious. Yes. You go to the shadow. And then and he can there. just control you. And it's from just that. his body. His body, your shadow is just this his body. This literally but, fits perfectly. So, the jigsaw is just like absolutely good. designed for that to be <laughs> the case. So it makes me wonder then, um, why, it makes me think then that when he says, oh, just you exercise your will, like why aren't you willing yourself to greatness, right? Yeah. I, that's an excuse. That's a, he's lying when he says that. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're with just your raw will, you could be great. But as soon as Clive 
succumbs to the raw will, that's when he loses it, right? Yes. And so there's kind of a lie in there with Ultima, at least if I'm reading this correctly, that the will is actually not what Ultima, Ultima does not want Clive's will. Ultima wants Clive's will to be gone, but he's convincing Clive to do away with his own consciousness through his will to power, and then he'll come in. I don't know. Yeah. That's there's there's going to be, this is basically where the plot goes. Like from here on, and yeah. it's tons of stuff, because I've already played through the Odin scene. Oh, sweet. There's tons of conversation about this, about the will and okay, good. stuff with, okay, good. with uh, Barnabas. I look forward to honing, honing my ideas yeah. on this then um, so with religion. To the that'll game. be the majority of what we talk about next cool. time, I think. So <laughs> Anyway, thanks for watching, everybody. We hope you're enjoying this. Uh, I know I am. Me too. Um, I have no idea how close we are to the end of the game, but uh, we're going to try to get through the Odin fight next time. That's going to be like the goal for yeah. where we'll get up to next time. So, until next week, peace out. Peace.